You're listening to The Self-Worth Circle, hosted by Julie Haxel and Eva Eslander. We are here to remind you to raise your self-worth and wear your invisible crown. It's time. Hi, and welcome back to The Self-Worth Circle. My name is Eva, and I'm super excited about today's episode because we have someone from Mexico, Sayulita, with us today. Um, so, so lucky to have you here on the show. Um, Zoe Elizabeth, welcome. Thank and you. I'm so happy to be here. Um, just a short, super short little introduction. So Zoe Elizabeth is an intuitive therapist and she does a variety of different methods and uh, forms of therapy. And these are kind of the subject that we're going to dive into today. Um, but before we start, how are you doing today? I'm really good. It's a beautiful day in Sayulita again. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm really, really excited to talk about the themes and there's been so much going on recently that this is just a nice little outlet to have, you know, a meaningful conversation. Yeah, we're so happy to have you too. Uh, we actually have a nice day in Helsinki too. It's like 20, I think it's 24 or 25 degrees Celsius. Like it's really Ooh. warm. Yeah, summer is starting. So we're excited it's about starting. that too. <laughs> um, okay, but to start off, like, can you tell us a little bit about your background, who you are, and just let's start off with that. Yeah, um, so I'm from the UK. I'm from a town called Lewis, which is just outside Brighton, so that's on the sea also. Um, I've been visiting um, Mexico for about six years, and then I've been living here on and off for about three. So that's why I'm in Sayulita. Well, someone told me that there was glitter in the water here. That's actually <laughs> that's actually the real reason why I'm here. I was like, okay, there is. <laughs> that's yeah. actually the real reason why I'm here. Um, so yeah, my background. I mean. A long, long, long time ago, I did a photography degree, and so my background was kind of creative. Um, but I've always been, I've just always been so interested in human dynamics and spirituality, philosophy, wellness, just fascinated by human beings and how we function and how we breathe and how we live and all of those things. So it Weirdly, it's taken me quite a long time to really acknowledge that actually I probably spend 95% of my time learning and researching and studying this stuff. And it's just what I do naturally. So, yeah. So you're very, um, very passionate, passionate about spirituality and wellness, you would say. Yeah. And I think a bit of a, you know, a bit of a truth seeker. I think I've always been like that yeah. I, on a mission to discover the truth. Um, yeah, and I trained um, as a psychotherapist when I was fairly young. So I was like early, no, mid-20s. Um, I experienced uh, one-to-one therapy and group therapy in the style that I, that I ended up studying. And that completely changed my life. It just made me, um, yeah, like understand human beings and how we function and how we're you know, we're all the same, but we're all different. And um, some really like big, you know, big themes and big topics. I did a lot of truth seeking when I was, I think, fairly young. Um, and then, yeah, and then I ended up um, training as a as a psychotherapist in my mid-20s. 
And then that wasn't enough. So I just continued and continued. And I'm still continuing. Like there's no, there's no one thing that I do. And that's because I do whatever the client needs. Right. And it's like yeah. a never ending thing, right? Like it's a journey for the rest of our lives, like just to keep looking for more and more and more. And it's kind of like the more yeah. you know, the, the less you know, or like that's how it feels. Oh my God, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's like, there's no, that I've always struggled. I mean, I'm much better now, um, but I always used to struggle when people say, what do you do? And I'd be like, well, I mean, it doesn't even really matter what I do. I just do whatever. If I'm working with a client, I'm just being intuitive. I'm intuiting um, what it is that they need. And it might be, mm-hmm. you know, it's just so different for everybody. And I think, I mean, fundamentally, I believe that people um, have their own truths and like they know more than anybody else what that truth is. Um, so yeah, all the different things and all the different techniques, they're like really useful and they're tools and they're, they're like important things to embrace in life. But ultimately, I believe in, yeah, human beings having their own truth. I completely agree 100%. Uh, like we, and that's, I guess, every, you know, all these different tools and, and methods are just kind of gateways or, you know, bridges yeah. to find, finding that wisdom within ourselves. Yeah, but exactly. That being said, like you do have, like I found it, find it super interesting or, or I haven't really come to, um, across, you know, what you do other than with you or through you. So can you tell us a little bit about to our listeners that don't know, like what is EFT or Gestalt psychotherapy? So I always get nervous when I'm, yeah. <laughs> I need to pronounce that Gestalt psychotherapy. A gestalt. Yeah. And then okay. matri- and matrix re-imprinting or heart math, meditation and all these different things yeah. that you do. So many words, huh? Yeah. Um, so many yeah. Words. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, actually, I think because I'm so inspired by nature, I do. I, I kind of visualize them almost like a wave. I mean, I think, yeah, Gestalt is my is my like the foundation um, to my philosophy and then EFT is um, a really useful tool and a way of tapping into what's underneath the surface. And then Matrix is really like deep diving. So it's something, <laughs> something like that. So I'll try and explain. Gestalt is a German word um, and it means the whole. So the whole philosophy of Gestalt is really about... Um, integrating and accepting all the different parts of ourselves and becoming whole. So it's really, it's really about acceptance. It's like, I mean, I used to work as um, a drug and alcohol counselor, for example, and the difference, you see the difference between gestalt and something else would be that we don't, I mean, I don't believe that any behavior is wrong or any, or anything that a human being is experiencing is wrong or bad or um, yeah. So really we, we tap into any, whatever the behavior might be, whatever the manifestation might be, the reason for someone coming to therapy, for example, it'll manifest in different ways. It might be, um, a repetitive, um, negative thoughts. It might be a behavior. It might be a physical energy and emotion like depression. Um, it can be so many different things, but ultimately, um, we are helping, I help clients to um, look at it 
and really um, have compassion for whatever that that feeling is or that behavior is, understand it and accept it. And it's paradoxical, and this is the hardest thing, I think the, the most difficult thing about the therapeutic process is that it's paradoxical. It's actually called the paradoxical theory of change. And that is, wow. <laughs> yeah, the paradoxical theory, and it is something I'm really passionate about because ultimately it's like accepting what is. And then it's almost like you're surrendering to it. And it's not saying that change isn't possible. Telling somebody who is, a, who is addicted to heroin and really in suffering um, to accept what is, is, I mean, it's a paradox. But the, in the acceptance and in the unconditional love, which is what I believe I give to clients mostly in the therapy, it mm-hmm. enables, you know, what they don't want to fall away, what is unhealthy and unsupportive for them to fall away. Um, so, yeah, acceptance is definitely one of the biggest themes. Um, and also just the notion, we're well, believing that we are creative. We are all just trying to survive. So we, as human beings, we have these creative adjustments to life. So, for example, if it's um, not safe in our environment, growing up to express anger, for example, we might, we have, there's eight different creative adjustments that we can do with that emotion. So we can project it outwards. We can turn it inwards. That's called retroflexion. We can desensitize. That's like numbing. That's where the drugs and alcohol comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have all that, and they're just creative adjustments. So actually, it's amazing that we have them. Right. And when we at the time we created these creative adjustments, we're just trying to get our needs met. But where it becomes a problem is when it becomes fixed and where it's now 10 years later and we're still doing this thing. And actually, it's perfectly safe to express anger, but we're still, you know, choosing to turn it inwards or turn it outwards. So that's yeah. And then what's the last thing in Gestalt kind of the main themes would be um, phenomenology, another big word, but that's basically being present, being in the here and now. So if I'm having a session with somebody, as they're telling, you know, telling a story, for example, I'm noticing what's happening with my own body, with my own breath, how we're relating in that moment is really telling me the most useful information. So it's being always being really, really tuned into now. So I don't really, I mean, I do plan with, with clients. I do, we do plan what we might want to explore, having some frameworks good, but ultimately we just work with what exactly what's coming up in the moment. Wow. That's beautiful. Like, I mean, that's so beautiful. And that made me really like, so you're a very sensitive person, right? Cause like to be yeah. able to read people and, and feel yeah. kind of the different things. So you're um, like, when did you notice that you were sensitive or have you always kind of like felt it or how did you, how did, how did you come about like being able to use yeah. that as a gift? Cause often I feel like a lot of people see being sensitive as kind of a burden or, you know, there's always like, you're too sensitive, but it is a gift really, because that way you can, yeah. you feel so much and, and you're really, you can be really intuitive and, and, clairvoyant even so yeah I think it's um yeah it's like I mean it's definitely it's literally my instrument in therapy like 
that's all I'm, and that's why it's so important for a therapist, a healer, a supporter to really know themselves because they are the instrument. Like you're the instrument in that kind of relationship. You're using yourself to give you clues about the other person. Um, yeah, I've definitely always been sensitive, like really, really sensitive. Um, and I think, I mean, I think growing up, I definitely experienced, I was always, I think from, from a really young age, I, I felt, and actually this is kind of obviously around right now, but I really felt my, um, privilege. I really felt my, um, how fortunate I was. I really felt how, how lucky I was to have, you know, such a, a, a loving, stable family and home and all of those things. And I definitely felt um, friends around me from quite a young age really experienced some, some suffering, you know, bereavement and, and divorces and all sorts of things. And I just positioned myself, my, my position in, in the world was to really support them. And I guess on a deeper level than that, it really comes down to like attachment theory. Probably, not probably, definitely. I felt safe. I feel safer being wholly connected with people than I do being um, being separate. I mean, that's actually been my challenge and has been to work on having boundaries and, and being able to be separate. But because being connected for me is like is my default. It's my it's my way of survival. And some people, some people feel, you know, their default and their way of feeling safe is to be fully connected to the point of being enmeshed with other people. And yeah. some people go the other way where they feel much, much safer being completely separate. And I guess the healthy, you know, the healthiest thing is the movement between the two. So you're, you're moving between the two, the two positions all the time. You can, you can be empathic which is where you're literally imagining being somebody else so you're putting yourself in someone else's shoes but equally you you can withdraw and then be in your own world too yeah um and I'm just like wow that to have that at an early age like you must be in like an old soul that's what I'm I'm getting because you yeah. know, a lot of times, and especially now with what's with the backdrop of what's happening right now with with these, you know, discussions that are so needed about privilege, um, yeah, a lot a lot of you know people have taken it for granted and not been grateful of it. You know, it's it's more of being like, just. But of course, I'm like, of course, I have this. Of course, I have like they haven't even given it any thought that it's privilege, that it's not everyone mm. has that. So, yeah, it's amazing to have that w- wisdom at a very young age and to recognize that you are privileged. And and I mean, the, these are discussions that need to be held right now, too. And, mm. and for us to recognize that privilege that we have for sure. But you know what, in a, in, a, in a way, I've had a recent learning around some of those things. And actually, I think what I used to do was try and, you know, try and help people so much as a way of equalizing that, that difference that I felt, you know, feeling like I actually 
yes, I have all this and I don't deserve any of it. I didn't work for it. I was born into it. You know, all of those kind of thoughts. And actually what that has meant is that I, you know, I kind of have given away love or, you know, all the good stuff too. So I'm actually leaning into, I'm, I'm leaning into the idea that, or just reminding myself that feeling, feeling ashamed or feeling unworthy even, feeling undeserving of something that you have doesn't heal someone else. The acknowledgement, I think, does. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's like the, the finest balance between the things it's like acknowledgement and really seeing and hearing other people and saying yes this is how it has been but not going into shame or not going into like um because that that doesn't somebody going into shame doesn't give someone else more power Power. or right yeah yeah i mean yeah it's true it's but it, it is, it's definitely uh, still something that everyone or, you know, now are it's coming to the surface, like, like this yeah, year. For sure. It's, yeah. It's yeah. bringing a lot of, a lot of emotions and, and trauma and wow. What a, what a year it's been so far. We're only halfway through. I know. And it's just, I can't believe it's June. I know. <laughs> It's interesting. Um, I remember like when the year was actually changing and I was listening to, I think a podcast about this year, like 2020, how it adds up like two plus two is four and four is the number of the Mm. heart and home. And just so interesting that all this is happening. Like, you know, like they were talking in the podcast then about, you know, this is the year of love and light because it's heart and home. But I guess through, through all this pain, it's, healing is happening so must go through the the darkness to get through to the other side um but kind of to piggyback on these different um forms of therapy that you do like oh yeah how, how did you get into them Oh yeah. So I didn't, I mean, I didn't finish telling you about the oh, other yeah. ones, but I mean, do you want me to do that? Or do you want me to tell you how I got yeah, into please, it? Yeah, please, please. Yeah. Please tell me, um, just finish about. Just finish the one. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Gestalt is really just, I guess my, it's just my philosophy. It's my foundation. I'm not doing anything with clients. It's mm-hmm. just, it's actually so subtle that you don't really know that I'm doing it. <laughs> um, so that's Gestalt. Yeah. Um, EFT is emotional freedom technique and that's something I got into a little bit later on and um, it's just an incredible tool. It's so simple and so easy and so accessible and anyone can do it and you can use it for so many things. So it's basically tapping. It's like acupuncture without needles. So you're basically doing it right now actually. There you go. So you're tapping on the acupressure points Um, rather than needles and what it does is it sends a message to the stress center of your brain so that's the part of your brain that is responsible for your survival that that we go into um, fight flight freeze and we're just letting that part of your brain know that it's safe to come out of that 
trauma state. Um, and so it works on three levels. It works on a physiological level, a psychological level, and a kind of a deeper energetic level. But essentially, and then we, we also, I mean, even if you, if you just tapped along the points, the amazing thing is, is that the points that we tap on, I think there's about 10 or something. Um, but we, if you're an acupuncturist, you have to, I mean, you train for like several years and you know every single meridian point, that's the energy lines going through your body and what they all relate to. And with the tapping, um, we're just tapping on the main junctions of all the points. So you do like 10 points and you basically cover the whole of your body. You're covered. You don't need to know what does what. You just tap on the points and it's super simple. And um, yeah, you can, it can be, I'll give you an example. So it's, it's whatever is coming to the surface. It's whatever we call it like an energetic disturbance. And an energetic disturbance will be probably be your reason for reaching out um, for therapy or your reason for um, doing some self work. Um, so it might be, oh, I, you know, I have this like back pain and I can't get rid of it with Western medicine. Like, what is it? Like, what is this root of this pain? Or it might be, um, oh my God, like I'm living with anxiety every day that's just crippling. Or it might be, you know, I'm heartbroken or like whatever it is, it's this energetic disturbance. And I see it like it's something coming to the surface that you're ready to process. It's something coming to the surface that's calling your attention. And it's actually a bit like what you just said about suffering and pain. And it's hard to say this when someone else is in suffering and pain, but it's a portal, you know, that that is your key to to transformation, to empowerment, to healing, to all of those things. So we'll, we take whatever the, um, whatever the manifestation is and you do some tapping and the words that you use in the tapping is basically, okay, so say I had a headache, you would say, even though I have a headache, I love and accept myself anyway. And then you tap through. So a bit like, and the reason it works with Gestalt is a, bit, is a bit similar because really what we're saying is even though I have this disturbance, I have all this crappy thoughts or I have this physical pain or I'm in a really bad place, I still love and accept myself. And just those words combined with the tapping brings about some sort of it's the beginning of some sort of integration, acceptance, and self-love. And from that, you can, you know, you can really start to heal. That's beautiful. And, and I, well, we've actually done this together, too, and it was really powerful. Um, so my question to you about, like, the tapping, like, do you do this on yourself? Or do you, you obviously, you treat clients with this, but you also treat yourself with this form yes. of therapy. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. Like I'll use it. I mean, I use it forever. I mean, even if I have a bit of indigestion, I mean, I kind of know what the what the different points are now. So I'll the, the the point where your bra line is, for example, if you tap there, that's um metabolism. So if you ever have indigestion, you can just tap there. But mo but mostly, it, it. I mean, for me, it doesn't take me much to kind of enter. A, <laughs> enter another state or um, get to the root of something. So say I'm just 
you know, I just feel a bit funky one day and I'm not really sure why. I just don't really feel clear and I feel a bit like whatever. Um, for me, that's, that's the worst feeling. I mean, I, I'm really happy to be in darkness if I understand what's going on. It's when I'm feeling unclear. I hate that feeling. So I'll probably just sit on my yoga mat and I'll always start with the breath. I'll put my hand on my heart. It's called heart math. I'll always start with breath. Um, and then I'll just start to tune in and I'll use the tapping as a way to, to tap into whatever the, yeah, that, that, um, the energetic disturbances. So maybe it's just like the feeling of, um, restlessness, for example, and I'll tap into it and then I'll just start to become clearer and I'll start to, I'll, I'll start to understand what the root is what actually is going on and that's when I'll go into matrix re-imprinting which is the other thing that I do which is where we get to a root memory you get to the root of a trauma and then you kind of close your eyes and you you go into the matrix which is just another state of being you're really exploring your subconscious and then you travel and you explore and you go back to old memories and you piece things together and um, there's a bit more than that, but I'm just, this is what I do on yeah. my own. I just, I basically just do my own little, um, therapeutic journeys using all the tools that I have, but I'll, I'll often start with tapping just to clear whatever's kind of coming up to the surface and a way to, and to access the subconscious. And then when you, when you say like, you kind of go in and you, you, like look inside of yourself and you find like what's coming up. Would you say like when yeah. you do this and, um, and cause also you are intuitive, but can you kind of pinpoint like in what way? Cause you know how some people are like more clairvoyant and some people mm. are more like feeling and some are knowing and some are like hearing, like, can you, yeah. like, what's your strength with intuition? Like how do you get messages or downloads? when you receive information? Well, yeah. I mean, if you had asked me this three months ago, it'd be a different answer Yeah, <laughs> because definitely the last three months has been like an intensive transformation. I would say, I mean, honestly, yeah. I would say that I have learned more. I can honestly say I've learned more in the last two months than I have in the last two years. That's lit. That's how I feel. And so for me, I was getting, my downloads recently were like audible. Like they were, they were coming at the speed of lightning. I think I filled about five journals in about three weeks. Wow. It was just, and all I could do with it, all I could do was write. That's wow. all I could do. And everything, and it was all just amazing, um, truth bombs and ideas and understandings and all of those things but all I could do was write um so audible definitely and I'm very I'm also very 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 sensitive to hearing uh yeah. to sound like if I'm out and about I mean this has always been the case I find it super super stressful if there's like very loud background noise for example I'm like an old lady like I can't yeah. tune into a conversation with people when I'm out and about, if it's too loud in the background. Mm -hmm. um, and recently it's become almost unbearable, like, a, like 
too much sound is just it's very very stressful um but equally that's how I learn so I'm very much I, I, I'm like a podcast like I love podcasts and audiobooks okay. so it's also how I learn um I become I'm very very focused on sound so I think sound but also I'm super 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 visual yeah um but it's a really good question because everybody is different and I don't believe everything is um set in stone either I mean, and it can, yeah, it can change. Constant, like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. We're always like evolving. So we, it can completely change. Like, it, you know, imagine somebody losing their sight, what happens that all their other senses become heightened. Right. So it's, it's very much like that. And actually even more recently, I've, I've been contemplating only doing audio sessions for, 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 yeah, that kind of same kind of reason, really. I focus so with clients, I do um, mostly video sessions, but when we're doing the deeper work, I actually turn it to audio and I find myself um, much, much more able to kind of channel um, and focus just on audio. Yeah, I can relate to that. I feel the same. It, it goes deeper somehow because you get distracted yeah. by, the, by the visual layer of it, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. But it's good to remember that everyone's different, especially when I'm working with people. So if I'm, if I'm asking them just for example, to do a simple, um, breathing meditation, which is called heart math, which is just where you put your hand on your heart. And I might say, you know, br- breathing. I used to say, um, imagine breathing in a color because I work with color in the therapy too. And you know, they would breathe in a color and allow that color to just fill the whole of their body. But now I make sure that I go through all the senses. So I say, imagine what it smells like. What if it might be the, you know, it might be like red roses. Imagine the feeling of it. Imagine the texture, the taste, the smell, all of those things. Because some people, they're just not visual. Like they, I've definitely had a few clients that they they simply cannot visualize. I mean, in this moment, maybe they could in the future, but they just cannot visualize memories. So if I say they're describing a memory, they can't, it's not a visual thing, but it's just a feeling. It's much more abstract than an actual visual. It's so interesting because I kind of have that too. Like um, I've been going to hypnotherapy lately or for the past year and so wow. And uh, it's like in the, you know, when I, we're working with my subconscious mind, it's I, so when I, I access information, for instance, from my childhood, it's through knowing it's like all of a sudden I yeah. just know. And like, yes, I do get like a kind of a vague image. Like I see some things, but it's not super visual. And, uh, and then I was always like, why can't I visualize? I was kind of like, you know, before I actually learned about that, there are these different ways of being intuitive. It's not just being clairvoyant, but I feel like we're always just talking about that, right? But that there are these mm. different ways too. So then I was like, no, I'm just like, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's claircognizant. I don't know. Yeah. The, the knowing yeah, I was just of, researching yeah. those different yeah. ones. Actually. Yeah. So well, I have that. It's yeah. But that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. But maybe that's, Maybe there's a rebalancing going on also because we we rely so much on that idea of like seeing is believing. Well, if I'm not right. seeing it, then it's... A, and so we, you know, I think in our society, we, we do really um, kind of 
yeah, seeing is believing. And so um, that becomes our reality. And all those other things, the sensing, the feeling, you know, they haven't taken, they haven't been taken as seriously or they haven't been given um, the attention that they deserve. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a rebalancing going on. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, things are changing, so for sure. Things are changing, yeah. So um, how, how did you get into these forms of therapy? Like, how did this journey start? Yeah, um, well, I, yeah, I was in, um, so when I was 18, I went and did my photography degree. And then mm-hmm. when I was at the end, at the end of the degree, I got pretty unwell. I was definitely partying too much and I was just kind of away with the fairies and my my body became like my body started to reject all you know all the things that I was kind of doing to it um and so I got I got really unwell I had to move back with my parents um and I actually developed an eating disorder at that time and I had that really I had that for about seven years of my life. So from my early twenties, I was in, I was in and out, but I was, I was pretty unwell. Um, and at that time there, there really, there really wasn't any help. There really wasn't any information. I didn't understand this weird thing that I had, this weird behavior that was really dominating my life it meant that I couldn't live I couldn't really live fully you know I couldn't hold down a job I couldn't be with other people you know it was just it was a really really difficult time but I think I think all I could do was yeah like research and try and discover ways to heal so that's kind of what my big healing journey really began with and it's you know, I'm grateful for it now, of course, like at the time, I definitely just thought, oh my God, I just want this thing to go. Like, why am I this weird person, you know, with this weird disorder? Like there's no reason for it. I hadn't had any, any big, um, you know, any, any big traumas in my life. You know, I, I didn't really understand what was going on. So all I could do really was therapy. And I had this amazing, um, therapist, called Jackie and she passed away um, two years ago and she was just this magic old lady who lived in this magic house which was covered in murals like head to toe in murals and art and she was kind of witchy and she had like almost like cauldrons of like sweets and (laughs) she was completely unorthodox I mean she was gestalt which you know I didn't really know what that even meant at the time she was just a therapist and we used to go through her magic little garden, which was covered in like fairies and um, scripts and, you know, all of this stuff. And we used to sit in her little therapy room. And honestly, she just let me be me. And I used to breathe and I used to go off on little journeys. I mean, honestly, I used to go on little journeys like under the sea and I'd, I'd explore stuff and like find, you know, find little gems to bring back with me. And I would be in darkness and I would go on these little journeys. and. Um, that's kind of what healed me really. It's just her total acceptance of where I was. She wasn't saying, she wasn't focusing on the fact that I had an eating disorder. She was just focusing on, um, me, my breath, 
Um, and she really, she, I mean, she, she really taught me to celebrate life. She was a big, big celebrator of life. She also, <laughs> I mean, she, we used to pop open a bottle of champagne. That's how hmm. unorthodox she was. <laughs> you know, when there was something to celebrate, we would literally have a bottle of, you know, a glass of bubbly. Um, I love that. And she, yeah, she was on, I mean, and she was really a shaman. And um, real shamans don't really tell you they're shamans. But I know that she was and she had an incredible um, library and she used to lend me books. And it was just my biggest learning. And she also ran a group. And the group is where everything changed. And I was in, um, it was like a gestalt group. Um, there was no um, like theme with the group. It was just... I was the youngest, the oldest was, I think, 85. <laughs> um, and it was a small group committed for the whole year. And we used to do like a retreat every month and then 10 days in France. And in that group, yeah, I just witnessed lots of, you know, tr you know, I had these strangers that would feed back to me like what their truth was about how they experienced me as a human being. And at that point, you know, I was a, I was an addict, really. It was an, it was a form of addiction, so I didn't like what I got. <laughs> I didn't like mm. a lot of what I got fed back. It was really, really hard, age twenty something, to have that kind of thing. But I also witnessed, you know, just this broad spectrum of being human and people's pain and people uncovering, you know, like abuse that they'd suffered in their childhood and people doing regressive work and just all of it, you know, I experienced all of it in that group and it was just incredibly healing and it really, yeah, taught me about human beings and life and why we're all here. Wow. Sounds like so a lot of growing, like most people are just focused on like partying and partying and partying. I mean, obviously you did that yeah. too, but then, but then oh they, my just, God. they just, they just, you know, keep doing the partying. They never... <laughs> never explore yeah well I was kind of in the and out of doing yeah. both at the same time I mean I definitely had a few strops I was like yeah, yeah. I, mean, I used to just like go out on a strop be like why am I even here yeah yeah so like so you mentioned that you use um so you do the tapping on yourself just like with simple little things like digestive um problems but like what do you use for instance heart math on yourself or like the matrix re-imprinting, like how mm. do you kind of use these different methods in your, in your daily life? Yeah. Um, heart math is just, I mean, it's, you know, the best things are the most simple, right? So just coming back to breath. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm always coming back to my breath. I think even if I'm, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite hard to, um, <laughs> to, to pinpoint. It's like, even if I'm out and about and I'm having a conversation, I might notice that I'm breathing kind of shallow, you know, my breathing's become shallow. And then that will give me some information that something's going on with me. And I will just take a, yeah, just take a few nice deep breaths without really anyone knowing. And that's just kind of coming back to my center, really. Yeah. So heart math is, for me, it's just, like now it's like just come back to your center mm. it's just the way of coming back to your center I'm, um, I'm, I'm doing it right now <laughs> yes yeah it's beautiful it's, I mean it's, it's like you so said, the, simple the simple things yeah are the most yeah. sometimes the most powerful things as well 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, what was the other question? Oh, and the the like, matrix. Yeah, how you use them in like your daily life, or do you use them, and when? I mean, yeah, matrix is like, you, you know what? You know, we can. I can close my eyes, or even not close my eyes, and be in another, be in another world, be in another mm -hmm. state. I'm definitely somebody that has a very um, active third eye crown chakra. But yeah. the truth is, if I if I navigated my life in that place all the time, I would just be feeling so ungrounded. Um, I mean, and that's definitely what I felt in the last couple of months. You know, I was just in another world. And honestly, the gift that I feel like I have really is to be here on earth, to be here in my physical body with my feet in the sand. And so I don't, you know, so I don't do lots and lots of journeys in the matrix all the time because that would take me away from the present. It would take me away from where I actually am right now. But I yeah. think, I mean, I, I definitely used to do it more when I had, you know, some lots of disturbances going on. But I guess now I'm feeling I'm in a, a pretty peaceful place in my life. I don't need the, to, to do it very often. Um, but every now and then I will, I can, I can dip in and out very quickly. So for example, if I'm just doing like a morning meditation and I'll do a bit of tapping, a bit of stretching, um, close my eyes and I might just go and journey somewhere for a little bit. So for example, I have certain places, I have certain places like in my mind's eye, we'd say like in the matrix yeah. or certain places that I revisit. And I've had them all of my life and they've, you know, I kind of build, it's, it's like, you know, there's more that I build up. But even in those very early days of therapy, yeah, in my 20s, I would have repetitive things, places that I would go for healing or for clarity. So, um, For example, <laughs> you can think I'm mad. For example, there's like I go and sit on this bench with this like old wise man, and he helps me make sense of things. And he's he's quite funny and he's very wise, but most of the time he ends up just like laughing at my problems, um, and that helps me. <laughs> that always helps me. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. He just, he's very much like the wisest. You know how you just how you said earlier, like the more we try and know the more we realize we don't know anything at yeah. all and yeah. we kind of yeah so so yeah I might go to that place or I might feel like oh my god I'm being really triggered at the moment what is going on this feels super super young and then a memory might come to me um you know and so I might go into that memory and reconnect and we call them echoes it's like it can be it I can't remember what it is even called, what it stands for. It's something like conscious holograph, holograph. Oh my God, I can't even remember. Essentially, they're like inner use. So as we go through our life, we create these energy fields. The more we live, the more fields we have all around us. Um, and wh wherever we travel in the world, we have fields around us. Whatever experiences we have, we have fields around experiences we have fields around relationships for example um so if i am feeling triggered i might get 
I might get um, reminded of the root of that field. So it might just take me, I might just think, oh my God, I feel like exactly how I felt when I was five. So I will basically revisit that field when I was five. Wow. Yeah. Where that little echo is kind of frozen in time almost. And that's kind of how trauma, so that is the matrix work that I do is that essentially if you have unresolved or unhealed trauma, we have these little echoes that are kind of frozen in time and every now and then they kind of knock at our door and they kind of call us. us. Yeah. Yeah, they trigger us. They kind of pull us back. Um, you know, it, yeah. Wow. Yeah, keep going. Sorry, I'm just. <laughs> well, I'm trying. To, I'm not very. Yeah, I'm trying to explain something that's quite complex. But yeah, so. Um, well, you're doing all, a great job. It's okay. It's, good. <laughs> no, I make. You know, I'm thinking of the like in yoga. They in yogic philosophy they talk about like the different kind of layers of the energetic body too, like the aura. And then the different different layers to it, the different they call them like the kosha, yeah. and and it's the, like what you're saying too. It just makes you more think about how like everything truly is energy, and it, how everything yeah. like you know everything that has ever happened to you just kind of stays within your energetic yeah. body, and you know be it from this lifetime or you know a past yeah. lifetime, it just kind of lingers around and and how it's yeah. still. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you like, this is an easy, the easiest example I can give for this yeah. is um, if you're an adult and you go back to your family home, this is how I see it. For every year that you've lived in a certain location in your life, if you imagine drawing a circle and then for each year going over that circle. So for example, you may have grown up somewhere and you spent 15 years living in this one town. So you've got 15 circles. So it's quite a thick circle. Then you move somewhere else and you've got, you live there for two years. So you've got this circle that is two years thick. When you're like age 30 something and you feel like you've, you know, figured out all your shit and you're in a great place and you fly <laughs> home to visit your parents and you go to the family home, what happens? We Something happens where we just feel regressed. We just get triggered. We can feel regressed. Um, people don't really, you know, they're like, oh, and that, you know, this is like a week into Christmas and things like that when people have visited home and they're like, oh my God, I need to get out of here now. Because um, it doesn't matter how much you've changed and how much you've transformed and how different you are. When you're in that place, like your family home, for example, those energy fields are so strong. Think about the amount of memories that you've had, the amount of experiences you've had. It's, it's just there. It's just there. And so that's how I um, sort of see, um, yeah, that's how I see energy and energy fields. And equally, you know, if you've suffered trauma, I mean, if you've, if you've suffered trauma in any of those fields, whether it's the field of a location or the field of, a, of another person or even the field of like a certain job, for example, if you've experienced trauma in, those, in that field, in that experience, and it hasn't been resolved, it will hold a lot of energy and it will be looking for an opportunity for healing all the time. So it'll be looking for an opportunity to trigger you back to call you back, to pay attention and be like, hey, I need, I need some healing so I can 
be kind of released almost. You know, that is like what you just said is so powerful. And I got so many like pings. I don't know if you're familiar. Well, you yeah. listen to like Lacey Phillips too, like yeah. with the like pings, kind of like these little like, whoa, like synchronicities. So you know what's crazy? Like as you're, you're telling this. And so today I went to my parents, like to my childhood home, because we've just recently moved to a new place. And I still had some like stuff in the basement there at their house. And yeah. At my old room. And I go there. My parents were not there. Like they're at their summer house. But I go there and it's just like, I'm like, whoa, like it's like, there's such a strong energy there. And yeah. it's, it's like, it's just one of those things like you, you know, you can't, explain it with yeah it's just like memories from your childhood home no it's more it's like it's that the vibe of the, the, the yeah whole place and I mean yeah it's just oh oh my it, I'm really passionate about this like energetic realm too and I could talk for it for hours and yeah. hours um I know for sure so, um but I want to get back to <laughs> back to um <laughs> kind of your, your therapy forms. I just wanted to really, for people who are not maybe familiar with it and you know how there's different forms of therapy, you can, you know, there's hypnotherapy, there is, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, a bunch of different kind of ways you can cultivate wellness where, whether you want to go to an energy healer or a Reiki healer, or, you know, there's all these different forms and ways, like, who would you say that, maybe EFT or Gestalt psychotherapy would be for, or even matrix ring printing, like who would you say would benefit from it? Yeah. I mean, I can say everyone because I believe that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think EFT is a bit more, it's especially useful when it's like a behavior that you're looking Just something's actually getting in the way of your day-to-day life, you know, really acute anxiety or depression it, it you know it's just debilitating for example or or an addiction or um you know being in relationships that really aren't serving serving you but you just feel unable to to kind of maneuver um so eft is really really useful if there's a if there's something going on that is really affecting your your everyday life um um, as a whole, in terms of all the different things that I offer and the clients I tend to attract, um, I would say it's it's really about getting to the absolute root of what's going on. And you and most of the clients that I have worked with have probably tried quite a few things. They're all probably already pretty aware. They know consciously a lot of stuff. I mean, I think we yeah. all have a few more tools, I hope, now than we, than we used to, that people are becoming more conscious of, of self-help and, and ways to become more healthy and improve our lives. But the difference in the work that I do is that it's really, um, it's really using the subconscious because yeah. it doesn't matter how many, it honestly doesn't matter how much you say a mantra to yourself. It's great because mantras, Mantras and repetition is a way of making conscious become subconscious. So that can be through repetition. But even then, it's like it accounts for about 2% of um, your experience. 
And your subconscious is driving about, I think it's about 98% of what you do. Can you imagine that? It's like, like, so yeah, you can keep putting all your energy into the 2%, yeah. but it's going to, it's going to, if you really want to shift the real big core stuff, you know, those really core limiting beliefs that, and, and the thing is, is that they can manifest in different ways. And you might, you know, what I, what I see happen is, you know, you can get on top of one thing. It's a bit like that little kind of wooden, I don't know what it'd be called, like wooden game where you push one thing down and then the other thing pops up. Yeah. Do you know that thing? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing, you know, with, you know, with um, drink and drugs and all that, you know, push one thing down and then the other thing pops up again or it, the underlying themes, the underlying um, limiting beliefs that we might have are, are really, really deep and they're in the subconscious. And so that's kind of where I think you need to make the changes if you're going to be really, truly free of them. Right. And it's a lifelong, I mean, obviously you, you get a lot of benefits already, but it's just kind of like one of those things that we tapped on in the beginning too. Like it's a lifelong journey and a process. And yes, definitely. But that's the beauty of it too. Like you're never finished um, and you keep learning and evolving. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. So I just have a few more questions and then we're going to start to wrap it up. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. I feel like we could talk for a long time, (laughs) Um, but just for a few more questions, like, so for inspiration, like what inspires you right now? Right now, um, I mean, nature inspires me. I mean, really like the simple things in life inspire me. If I go for a little walk, we're obviously still in lockdown here where we are, but if I go for a little walk and I see like these vibrant, like tropical flowers or this... Mm. I miss those. I bet you do. I mean, I'm just inspired by that. And also, and just really simple stuff, you know, like just like watching children inspires me, like seeing just like, yeah, simple, simple everyday living is like my inspiration. And I think coming back to like this, yeah, I think nature, I really think it's all about nature. Like, and I love, obviously, in Mexico, it's like they have, I feel much more connected to nature here. Just It's just so deeply rooted. And just, I don't know, just discovering like funny little like, oh, we make this thing. When we have a cough, we make this. And it's from like ginger and this leaf and this thing. And it's just what everybody does. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, it's magic. true. It's very, it is magic. It's and it's magic. very simple. Simple, simple living yeah and I yeah, actually so I I can really like I remember feeling that too when I lived there like I felt very connected to nature like very tapped in and also like to I mean I still feel tapped into the lunar cycles but even more so I feel like in Mexico because you're so you're sandwiched between the ocean and the jungle you're just yeah yeah definitely yeah so what, so, yeah it's Beautiful. I love. Yeah. And just, yeah, just watching. Yeah. Just watching all the cycles and the seasons and just, 
it just gives me such joy. I'm like, oh, it's mango season. You can't not mm. see that it's mango season. Like it is, <laughs> it's yeah. everywhere. Um, but isn't that beautiful how like all these like little um, rituals and seasonal things happen and then it's this whole celebration of, you know, there's this woman selling mango chutney on like the Facebook group and she's made these like beautiful little jars of mango chutney and they've got like the little god's eyes. She's made miniature god's eyes around the jars and I'm like, wow, wow, like in awe. <laughs> like that's just such a celebration of you know life of life yeah what an amazing thing to be doing yeah <sighs> so what's what's on the on the horizon for your future what are your plans any projects yeah so a lot a lot is on the horizon but it's just there on the horizon no um <laughs> <laughs> i um yeah i think writing is really the next i mean I'm going to be writing some e-courses. So I'm really focusing more on um, kind of group offerings and and things that people can do um, on their own. So e-courses. And then I'm also going to be writing a book. So that's Whoa. really exciting. Um, yeah, I'm not going to rush that process. There's quite a lot to do. But yeah, so definitely writing. Um, and I'm also going to be... Uh, contributing to a blog which is imminent is that the word um and that's actually all about um sobriety and sober living um so that's going to be interesting so that's a, a writing opportunity that's come up and then what else and I'm, i also do consultancy for for other things and there actually is a huge project <laughs> but i can't talk about it just yet but in about a month if you follow me on social media I'll definitely announce something pretty big. And so I feel like, I feel like, yeah, everything has changed in the last two months and my, my vision and my um, creativity has definitely ramped up. So I'm really looking at doing lots of um, interesting, creative kind of collaborations. I don't think I've ever been a, like a, just a one-to-one therapist I think there's a lot more that I want to express so yeah. yeah I think I'm going to be focusing on writing really in the next in the next year I, I love that too I was just listening to um, a podcast be like when I was driving home and and they were talking about too like that's like truly so empowering to write your own book and now it's just so beautiful mm. that, that you're like another I just know. like synchronicity again it's like whoa um so um how can people find you like what are your instagram handles and what's your website or if you want to yeah, share just my, those to our listeners yeah, if my, they want to book a can they book a, like a session with you right yes like, they can you do distance sessions yeah yeah i i actually only work remotely so um you know this obviously covid happened and most people are remote now but i i think it's um I think it's a, a really great way to work because it just gives you consistency wherever you go. You have this kind of consistent support. Um, so yeah, my website is zoeelizabeth.co, C-O. Um, my Instagram is the same. I think it has a, an annoying little underscore <laughs> at the end of it. 
at the end of it. <laughs> you know, okay. you know what? I actually did have the other one, and then I lost my Mexican phone. <laughs> oh. So it's out there somewhere with no one using it. Um, so yeah, and I'm happy to give twenty um, percent discount on a on a single session for your listeners. Also, oh, they want to just um, try it. I mean, uh, sometimes people do just just need like a, a one off session, and they can get an awful lot from a one session. Um, normally, I work with people ongoing, but um, yeah, you can do both. So that's how you can find me. Okay. Um, so last but not least this, because this is the self-worth circle and this podcast is about self-worth. We, you know, we want to explore always different kind of forms of how you can up-level your self-worth and, and mm. forms of just therapy, yoga, wellness, anything that can help you feel worthy. Um, and we also want to end all our interviews with this question. So what does sure. self-worth mean to you? To me, self-worth to me is, it's loving yourself even when you feel unworthy. So it's like, I, I mean, I believe that we are all innately worthy. The fact that we are alive is enough. It, it's already, we've been given this gift of life, so we are already worthy. And I think that all the unworthiness is, the, the thoughts and the beliefs of feeling unworthy, the conditions that we have, are just limiting false beliefs that we've interjected from other people, from society, from other people. And we're, you know, we've somehow chosen to give ourselves those, those same conditions in order to feel worthy. But the truth is that you're already worthy, that everybody is. Everybody is perfect. They're exactly where they need to be. They're alive and therefore they're worthy. So I think some of the work is around um, removing some of those, you know, limiting false beliefs that we have and uncovering what we already have, which is that we are already, um, we're already worthy. So it's actually just allowing yourself to feel um, to feel worthy, like allowing it, allowing yourself to feel loved. That is so beautiful and powerful. And thank you for saying that and sharing that. Like that's, it's true. We are already yeah. worthy. We just forget. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure to have you. And um, and maybe you can come back soon on the podcast yeah. again. Yeah. So we're, I've loved it. Yeah, we're gonna keep you know this project, this baby going, and and um, so maybe in the future you'll be back. Yeah. We can dive deeper into the energetics because I feel like that's something that we could talk for you know, about for hours and hours. A hundred percent. Yeah. There's so, I mean, there's infinite amount, but it is something I'm really passionate about. So it's been really like, it's such an honor to be able to talk with you and to be able to share. And, you know, if we're being phenomenological and in the here and now, you know, as I'm talking to you, I am in my like worthiness, you know, because I know I definitely have, um, 
a lot that I want to share with other people. And so my new kind of mantra really is about leading by example. And so, yeah, having this conversation, I think, is super important. It is. Oh, well, thank you so much, Zoe, for Thanks, being a part darling. of this. And thank you to all our listeners for, for listening to us. And please um, make sure to send us any questions, feedback, or guest requests, or any other, you know, anything else you would have that you would like us to talk about. We're super open for that. So thank you. and. I'll be back next week. <laughs>